Time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning What is going on, early risers? Welcome in to Sports 56 Mornings on this Thursday, October 19th, 2023. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their overstock sale is going on. Help them clear out all their stock inventory and get great deals while doing so. 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. First hour of the program also brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. As you get your Thursday going, currently 58 and cloudy. A little warmer today as we get back up to 80 degrees. At least that's what the forecast is. Partly sunny. Showers possible. That chance of rain is about 50%. Tonight, cloudy with showers. And again, just a 40% chance of rain. Low of 57. Tomorrow, mostly sunny to wrap up the work week with scattered showers, possibly, but that chance is only 20%. On the show today, Kerry Miller will join us at 745, as he does during the Major League Baseball season, to talk MLB playoffs. The Astros do what the Astros do, and that's win on the road. They did last night in Arlington against the Rangers. We'll talk about that. And the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, the scene shifting to Phoenix today for Game 3 of that series with the Phillies up 2-0. At 8.05, Ryan Silverfield joins us, as he does each and every week, as we talk Tigers football, the Tigers, and the battle for the bones. Saturday in Birmingham, it's back after a long layoff, and Coach will join us at 8.05. Then we'll have the Tiger football report at 8.25 as we break down the Tigers and the Blazers. And then from 9 to 10, it's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl inside college football hour as we'll have our world-famous pick six and talk all things college pigskin. Of course, uh, during open segments, we'd love to hear from you on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. That's the same number to text in, and you can text in at any time. Also, hit us up with a comment, a question, a concern on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website sportsmemphis.com. I don't know what was in the air this morning, Eli, but my little 15-minute jaunt from my house to here, two big accidents. Like right off the bat, boom. Wasn't even the interstate. It's not a good start to the morning. Not a good start that, at all. Not the way you want to start your day. No, and you know, I had to do the little maneuvering to get around, and you want to make sure that you're not running over any piece of the car that has gone to the ground because these were fresh accidents. Then you always have the dude behind you that's in a rush. I mean, just slow down, buddy. You don't want to cause that third accident. So, yeah, be careful out there as you uh, drive around the highways and byways of the Mid-South. A little sad news to start things off. Uh, One of the most iconic movies of all time, Rocky, and one of the most iconic uh, supporting role characters. There it is. DJ Jazzy Zach playing the tune. You know it, folks. The theme song to Rocky. Burt Young passed away yesterday at the age of 83. He was Paulie in the movie. In the movies. The Rocky series. Just a great character. Always there for Rocky, Some sometimes in dubious ways. Of course, he was the brother of the woman that Rocky eventually married. Played by the actress Talia Shire. 
Burt Young dead at the age of 83. God, I love that music. It's great. Great theme. Great theme. Great movie. Of course, you like Rocky... Four? Rocky Four, the best. Yeah. I still think you can't beat the original. I remember where I was. It was just crazy, man. People in the aisles, like, like throwing shadow punches. Nuts. In the Philadelphia area, when you watch that movie, of course, it's going to stand out. I remember where I was, too. I was in the theater. You weren't in the theater. When I watched Rocky? Rocky came out in 70... No, I mean Rocky... Well, I was Rocky Four. Oh, okay, yeah. Most people, when they saw it, were in the theater. Yeah, but I know exactly <laughs> what theater, where I was, what I was doing, the whole deal. This was 75, I think it came out. If I'm not mistaken, 75. So, I was about 14 years old. Anyway... Uh, So yesterday, after we wrapped up our show, a story came down on ESPN, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it, from Tim McMahon about John Morant and about his last 18 months and basically entitling it an 18-month downfall from where Ja was as an all-star to where Ja is now as a suspended player ready to hopefully get that second opportunity, which he will, and now it's all up to him. So I read it. It was a thorough, thorough story. It had extended details of incidents that we kind of knew about, some we knew more than others. So there was added information. I think the big thing that came out of it was that he talked about the source. There was the source within the organization that he got a lot of the information from. I don't think it was earth-shattering by any stretch of the imagination. Again, you're ready to start the season. You're the Grizzlies. You're trying to put that behind you. And here it is. I can't blame the journalist for doing what he did. Certainly not. He's doing his job. He got good information. But then the Grizzlies quickly went into the mode of protecting Ja by making sure, and I'm sure Ja got this personal information right from the horse's mouth, Taylor Jenkins, maybe even Zach Kleiman. But publicly, they talked about how they had his back. Um, In fact, the quote was, we got his back. That's the exact quote from Taylor Jenkins about John Morant. John responded on social media, on Twitter, uh, by saying, storm don't phase us, too much umbrellas. And then he went TM times MBNO times the grizzly bear emoji. Now, Eli, Zach, you're probably a lot better than I am as far as trying to figure out initials and what it stands for. TM, I'm assuming that's T. Morant, who was kind of ripped apart in this story. But what MBNO is what? My brothers, no others. That's my. Oh, that's, that's his little, that's his saying. Thoughts. Okay, my brothers, no others. And then grizzly bear emoji for the Grizzlies. But what were what was your take? I'm going to get Zach's take as well. What was your take from the story, timing, and everything, because people are lambasting McMahon. I don't know why you lambaste Tim McMahon for doing his job, but again, is it anything really that groundbreaking that makes this such a big deal to start the season with this type of story? Well, I I, I mean, I, I don't understand this crazy reaction to it from Grizzlies fans. Like, I hate to tell everybody, but like this jaw story is going to be rehashed over and over and over again while he is out. Once he comes back, 
Like 25 game suspensions don't happen very often in the NBA. No. Very, it's a very rare thing. Like, and especially when one of the young stars of the game gets suspended 25 games. Like, that's a big deal. This, this is a big story in NBA circles. And it's 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 a story that's going to get told over and over again. And people will read it. Um, people, like, this is stuff that they're going to do because people will click on it and read it. It's There wasn't a whole lot of new information. I mean, this is pretty much what we knew, the stuff that's out there. Um, so I, it's, I don't know why people are freaking out and acting like McMahon is out to get the Grizzlies or something like that. Like it's, this is just a story that's going to be told over and over again. This is a massive story in NBA circles and it will continue to be the night he comes back and they're on national television. Guess what they're going to talk about a lot. The fact that he was out for 25 games and what led to him being out for 25 games. I'm going to go over some of the details of the story here in a moment. Let me get Zach's reaction to it. I mean, like, I agree. Like, like McMahon and Baxter Holmes, who's the other guy that was a part of the, was a part of the story, that wrote the story. Like, they're doing their jobs. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not going after them because they're doing their jobs. I think Baxter was the one that broke the Robert Sarver deal with the, with the, with the Suns. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. For me personally, I think maybe, maybe there was, there, I think they added new information into the story as sure. well. So sure. I guess there's some relevancy into, like, bringing that up. I, I don't know. I I guess I don't know. I I just didn't see the point of dropping a story when you're like a week out from the start of the NBA season. Because mm-hmm. the whole point of Ja, uh, the whole point of Ja and the Grizzlies not being on national TV was because Ja's not on TV and his suspension. So it was to me. I just didn't. I didn't understand what was the point of dropping this story. The story should be what he's doing now to prepare for his triumph. What will hopefully be a triumphant return. However, if he's not allowing that access, they can't write that story. But I'm with you as far as the timing of the story. It's very interesting. Now but they don't like that's a they don't do PR for John Moran or the Grizzlies. Like they are exactly. journalists. Like they don't. They don't. I have no problem with the story. Right? But why is the story relevant now? Because the NBA season is about to open up, and people are starting to think about the NBA. And while we in Memphis know all of the stuff around the country, there's probably people going, "Why is John Morant suspended anyway?" Like there, there's people around the country are going to read the story to find out the John Morant story of why he's suspended for 25 years. Like I said, he's a journalist. He's doing his job. It was a very comprehensive story. He did a good job in getting more information. But I I can understand what Zach's saying, and I agree, because there are a million stories to start this NBA season. Damian Lillard's now with the Milwaukee Bucks. What's going on with James Harden? There's a lot of stories, and and he throws this story down. But he's not out to get the Grizzlies. You're right. He's not out to get John Moran. The better story would be what's Ja doing to prepare for that comeback. But again, you have to have accessibility. The reason why this story is prominent now is because he was able to gather this information from a source within the organization. Now, who that source is, I have no idea. And nobody really knows unless you're with McMahon. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a former player. I don't know if it's somebody who worked within the organization. I don't know if it's somebody that's still working in the organization. But here are some of the highlights of the story in case you did not read it. Sources within the organization said that his private flight to Cleveland for the All-Star game is when the team started to have concerns. He went to that first All-Star game, and that's when the alligators got him. That was the quote. 
That was when he was on the plane with friends and family and all the expensive liquor and they're doing all the celebrating and all that. I guess in and of itself, it's like, okay, what's what's the big deal? But they feel that that was the start. Then it said starting in the pandemic season, he started to change, would go to seedy bars and strip clubs with his father. And that has been always a story within the story is the relationship with John, how uh, with the relationship with T, and how T is living vicariously through John Morant. That T wants that exposure. That he thinks uh, he's also the star because he happens to be the father of John Morant. That was one of the narratives in the story. Yeah, and again, that this is not new. This has <laughs> been talked about and known. Right. Um, again, when that's what when they were when the whole whatever was what it shotgun willies. Shotgun Willies, yeah. Um, thing happened. Everybody's like, "Where's his dad?" I'm. Well, he was probably there. <laughs> like he was, he was probably right there with him. If I had to guess. Now here's here's the part of the story that concerns me the most. The 2021-22 season, starting in the 21-22 season, partying got out of hand with friends and family, where people thought that there could be an alcohol problem. He was enabled by the organization. No discipline. This, again, comes from the sources that McMahon had. You're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place when you have a superstar, especially with the NBA, because we know it's a superstar league. It is hard to reel in somebody that's out of control. But then again, the argument would be you have to do that. You have to do what's right before somebody, before it gets out of hand. So the... The knock here is that the organization sat back idly and allowed this to happen with no discipline until eventually a push came to shove, which we'll get to in a moment that everybody knows led to the first suspension. Yeah, again, I mean, it it was, I mean, there's no doubt that they were letting him get away with stuff. Um, They're in it. The Grizzlies are, anytime a small market team has a superstar like this, you are until you sign him to that contract that really locks him up for a long time, you're in a tough situation. Like you are, you are walking a fine line at all times because you know, you can't lose that guy. Like you, you as a small market team can't just go find these guys. You, when you draft one, you've got to keep them. And it is a, it is a tough situation where you are battling that if they're doing things that you don't like, how much can you say because you cannot anger them to a point where they may want to leave your franchise? Now, last season is when everything came to a head, the 2022-23 season. So, according to the story, Ja was approached by both Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman. And basically, in a nutshell, telling him, you're effing up. That's according to sources. And according to sources, Ja was dismissive of it. That he kind of just, you know, put his nose up to what they were trying to tell him. His agent, Jaws' agent, Jim Tanner, says it's grossly inaccurate that he was dismissive of the organization trying to get in the middle of this and and help him. Um, And then, of course, the ongoing source or the ongoing T. Morant story, again, according to a source, that he has been a problem from the beginning. What's also interesting in this story is, and I, from afar, I looked at John Morant as a guy, 
I didn't know everything about him, his personal life, but I looked at it coming out of um, Murray State, and I said, I think this guy is like a good citizen, a good dude. And there were no problems. There were no problems when he was playing AAU ball, when he was playing high school ball, when he was at Murray State, according to former teammates and coaches and fans and people who knew him. So none of this existed. There was not this a series of incidents that led up to this type of behavior. When he became the superstar he became, he got this big head. Now, whether he got this big head from enablers around him, this is just something he did, is it part... Uh, and I think a lot of people got mad because it kind of inferred maybe the the gang life of Memphis and, and some, some things that were said in that article, and people took exception of, uh, to that. But there was something that triggered this for Ja to go from this human being who never got into trouble to all of a sudden incident after incident after incident. Again, enablers, I would think I would lean toward those people turning him into that rather than him. Because you've asked that question on and on and on. Maybe it's just Ja. Maybe he's the common denominator. Maybe it's just Ja. Well, yes, that's a good question to ask, but maybe it's not Ja. Maybe it's Ja because of who he has surrounded himself with. He suddenly, I mean, it's money. What changed? The dude became a millionaire. Right. Multi, like, multi, multi and, millionaire. And again, as all that. No, you could act like if you suddenly became a millionaire, you wouldn't change. You have no idea if mm-hmm. suddenly you were handed millions of dollars, especially at 20 years old. I would bet 90% of people in the world would change one way or another with money. And you, I mean like, loads of money. So it, again, I was. It, that's not real surprising that a guy who you know comes from very humble background, mm-hmm. suddenly given millions of dollars— is going to start like living a different life. Like, hey, this is kind of cool. This is I can do a lot of things now. Like, I can fly my family and friends on private jets to games. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. No, on I mean, the surface, nothing wrong a, with it's that. It's a different lifestyle, and, and, you, and, and you don't. I mean, you be you think you're invincible at some. I'm um, in some ways. I'm sure when you're handed millions of dollars and you are a superstar and all of these things. So, um, yeah, I don't. Again, at, at that age. Just handed, just signed a two hundred million dollar contract. Like nobody knows how they would act I have if always, suddenly signed a two hundred million dollar contract. I have always praised you've you've heard me praise T. Moran on this show. Uh, I I understand that he's living vicariously through Ja. I understand that you know some parents go overboard, but the reason I've praised him is because. He's always been there for his son. He's not a deadbeat dad. He's been there since he was a kid. He's been there. He's provided for him. And he helped him learn the game of basketball and all that. I mean, so he's been there. But it seems like the money and the fame has hit T even bigger than it has hit Ja. And therefore, that has caused an issue as well. One thing is, hey, you go take your son out. You have a beer. You know, even underage, that happens all the time. Your first beer, you crack it open with pops. I mean, I understand that. But underage, going to the strip clubs, going to the bars, you know, that's something that's certainly concerning uh, from the story. But again, it's not unprecedented. It's not crazy, crazy. It's just when it went from that to overnights, going to games with the team, 
taking off from the team, going to the clubs right away, getting obviously drunk, and then, of course, the, the gun flashing and all that stuff, which took it to another level. You know, how did it, how did it escalate from where he was to that point? Yeah, that's... You could say money, but there's a lot of things that are probably that come into play. No, yeah, but money is the start of it. You can't do those things if you don't have the money. Mm, yes and no. You can flash guns if you don't have well, money. Well, you can flash guns, but the, the setting, most of the stuff he's in, uh, these settings are created by the fact that he has a bunch of money. That's true. I mean, it's, and again, there's, there's a lot of guys who have a lot of money who don't do these things. And that's, but again, nobody knows how you would react with all of this money. And um, he certainly has made poor decisions. Well, here's, here's and, the other thing. And, and, and his dad um, is a part of it. Like he is a part of that group that is, that's making bad decisions with him. Right. And um, that's unfortunate. His, his dad wants to be a star as well. I mean, you, no you question. saw it during the playoffs with Carl Anthony Towns. He loves that. He, the whole Shannon Sharp deal. Like he loves to be in that, get that limelight himself. And whatever, that's fine as long as you're not doing stupid things. But he's doing some stupid things as well. And it's the, the whole family um, needs to kind of have a reality check of we could be screwing this whole thing up. So we need to change all of our ways. And here's the curveball to everything because a lot of times in life, I'm talking about just regular Joe Q public, when they go off the rails Right, it affects everything. It affects their family life. It it affects their professional life. John Morant was not affected by his play on the court. He was great. He was still a great player. So that that again, it just adds to everything. It's like, all right, I'm going out and I'm partying the night before, and I'm coming in. And they, he talked about where he referenced maybe like the smell of alcohol in his breath coming in the next day. I guess for shoot around. But when the game was played, he showed up. All-star level, all-star caliber. So that makes it a little bit tougher because it's it's not as easy for the organization to sit there and go, look, man, look what you're doing to yourself. You stink. You're hurting the team. We're losing games. Now, of course, the effects of suspensions is could cost the team. But I'm talking about before that even happened, before the gun incidents even happened, the guy's playing incredibly well. And we talked about it on the show. These are men, right, that if they want to go out and party the night before uh, and South Beach, unless there is some type of restriction by the team itself and there's curfews and things of that nature, they can do whatever the hell they want. When they go to New York, when they go to L.A., when they go to Miami, that's what they're doing. When they go to Atlanta, I mean, they're not probably doing much in Memphis, but they're doing things as grown men. But you expect them to be respectable to the organization, to have their fun, to take care of business. Again, he took care of business on the court which made it tough for them to really intervene too much. But then when it took that next level, when it went up that next level, now they had to suspend him. Then the second incident, obviously the 25-game suspension, which puts us in the position that we are now. Yeah, the some people um, have the ability to go out and drink and whatever and recover nicely for the next day. And, and listen, when I was... 21, 22 years old, I could recover a lot better than I could recover now. And so, but whatever, yeah, whatever his methods were, the dude was able to get over it, get on the court and perform. And at some point, that's all the team, that's all his teammates care about. 
they're not, they don't need to step in and say anything to him. Like, hey, listen, he comes out and he performs. That's all we need from him. We need him out here performing whatever he's doing the night before. As long as he's out here performing at that level, we're okay with that. And so, yeah, it, it, it's hard for people to step in and say something when he, when you say, man, you're really screwing up. Look, and he's like, dude, I'm, I'm still the best player on the team. Like, I'm, it's not hurting my play on the court. Don't worry about me. I'm doing just fine. Do you have a problem? Obviously, McMahon did a good job getting that source. Do you have a problem with a source, whoever that may be, within the organization revealing these details? Uh, well, ideally, you don't want anybody from your organization talking about the stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's it seems be, to happen all the time, But it right? happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not reality to think that there aren't people within organizations. And it could be somebody with a bone to pick for, over something. It could be whatever. I mean, so... Um, it is what it is. Like sources happen everywhere. So I don't, I don't really, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I just expect that there's these things happen all the time. All right. When we come back, if you want to react to that story or anything that we said, we could take some calls and texts for a, a short time period. Then we'll break and Carrie Miller will join us in our final segment to talk major league baseball playoffs. But if you'd like to do that, three, six, Oh, eight, two, five, five folks, Genesis Diamonds, if you're thinking about getting engaged, think about getting that engagement ring, maybe for the holidays, or maybe you've just got a special occasion coming up, maybe a big anniversary, and you want to get that special someone something special. Well, go see the folks at Genesis Diamonds. When it comes to engagement rings, they've got thousands of them for you to choose from, plus so many other diamond rings and earrings and pendants and bracelets, all of that that you'll find at Genesis Diamonds. The selection is out of this world, up to 30 times what you'll find at other stores pricing that is amazing because they take the middleman out the direct importer prices save you a lot of money and they got a great staff to serve you that's not working on commission so they're not there to pressure you into buying something more expensive they are simply there to help you and they'll educate you on the whole diamond buying experience and make you a smarter diamond shopper genesis diamonds located at the poplar common shopping center that's at poplar and perkins extended they're right there in the middle of it don't buy anywhere else till you go check out genesis diamonds you'll be amazed at the entire experience you have at Genesis Diamonds. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle, Welcome back, everyone. A little bit later on in the hour, we'll be joined by Kerry Miller. Talk some Major League Baseball playoffs. If you missed it yesterday, the Astros win in Arlington 8-5. They Cut that deficit in half. Texas still leads that American League Championship Series, best of seven series, two games to one, but the Astros get the win yesterday, eight to five. We've been talking about the uh, Tim McMahon story from ESPN about Ja Morant. I've asked you guys to call in or text in if you'd like to talk about it, and Tony has done just that. Tony, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. Uh, happy, happy early birthday to you. Happy belated birthday to you. Oh, thanks, uh, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Now, today is my birthday, and I'm going to oh, tell you Oh, happy birthday, Tony. Happy birthday to wow, you. Wow, we're all around the same time. Amazing. That, and at the, hey, man, let me tell you something. People that's born in October are special, especially when you're <laughs> Yes, we are. <laughs> Nothing like it. The weather's great and everything, but I am I'm amazed by something. 
that the criticism that this young man is getting at such a young age when all of us, you know, that transition from being a young buck to a, to a you know, an older buck. Mm-hmm. If you don't make mistakes in life, you got to be kidding. But the thing is, is that this young man never broke any law. And when you talk about having fun and things of that nature, it might be fun to him. Mm-hmm. And we live in a country that got we got more guns than we have people. People hop on their Second Amendment right. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with the First Amendment right that somebody writes a story. But a lot of this stuff, it was sources that was unnamed, which in journalism we all know that people can put anything out there. We live in a time now of a social era that people just put lies out and you got people out here believe you got people out here when COVID was going on, they would drink chloride to go in pools to think that it would clear COVID because somebody put it on social media. Yeah. There's a lot of crap out there. No question. Let me ask you this though. Uh, there, I guess there could have been a, a law broken, right? With the gun in the establishment. I can't imagine they allow guns in the establishment that he was at in Denver. Well, but let me say this. At no time did the law the law exonerated him that when the police well, did the investigation. Right, exactly. There was no exactly. It could have been. It could have been his gun. We never really found out if it was. But you're right. He was not. Uh, and, yes, there was and, no and law time, that he broke uh, technically. No. And, and, and then I'm gonna tell you something else that I got a, a super issue with. I'm a black man, and in an era where black men don't show up for their children, mm-hmm. Pete Moran shows up. Every event for his son. That's why. I, that's why I've been so uh, supportive of of that relationship. You know, Tony. I, I, I have real. That, I say it all the time on this show, and you know that. And I, I, I'm not criticizing you. Oh, I know. I'm I, know. Criticizing, I know. I'm criticizing society as a whole because mm-hmm. there are a whole lot of absentee dads. Exactly. And, 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 yeah. and this man, like I said, if somebody can show me the journalism of or the or the book of perfect parenting. Mm-hmm. It is no such thing. Parenting is trial and error. And at some point, when you allow your kids so much freedom, you know, and also in this country, you got to admit, we have lowered standards. Standards have been lowered. I mean, you got people criticizing John Moran about having a gun when you got members of Congress with they two, mm-hmm. three, ten-year-olds and, and the wife and the husband in front of Christmas trees. With AK-47. Yeah, but we, we can say two wrongs don't make a right. But, but you're, yeah, but t- right? so, t- so Tony, it sounds like wrong. your problem was at the NBA, because they're the ones that suspended him 25 games for this. That, that's not I society. Thought 20, I thought the 25 games was excessive. Okay, and because I did too. I, I, never saw, I never saw him break the law. I've always, and, and, and everybody, it's amazing in our in our society now where we criticize soon as somebody do something wrong, and this man had paid light bills, then gave tennis shoes, mm-hmm. then done. I mean, just showed up at, at school. I never ever get a little girl, her basketball that was full of autographs with Grizzlies was stolen. John Moran showed up. Exactly. We, we, we've and talked about it. We've been very, very, for that. we've been very supportive of that. Let me just ask you this, Tony, because uh, I agree with a lot of the things you said. But right now, he's at a crossroads. You would admit, he's at a crossroads with his career, with everything. Now it's when dad and mom and his family and the inner circle really have to realize, okay, we're living vicariously through him. This is fantastic. But now we got to make sure 
that he's on the straight and narrow because there's no room now for margin for error. So this is when parenting really is important right now when you know where your son is. at the. It's all great when everything's perfect and he's a first-round pick and he's the number two overall pick and he's an all-star and he's making the big money. But now when it seems like society's against him, that's when he needs his parents the most. No, he needs, you know what, I'm going to tell you something. And I'm, I'm glad in a way this happened because this shit opened up people's eyes. There's two things that I see that's a problem right now and that's going to be a problem for them. Mental, mental health awareness. Sure. is an issue. But he also possibly have a dependency problem. Mm-hmm. That's not unique. Just about 80% of Americans has some type of, a dependency problem, whether it's food, drugs, uh, right. withdrawal issues. So the, so like the, the question is, what do you do about it, though? That's the most important question. You give him all the help and love he can get without dumping on him. And right mm-hmm. now, I think a lot of people are dumping on him. When gotcha. people should be opening up their arms and hugging him and say, hey, we love you. But you know what makes him so unique that most people are drawn to him by? What's that? It's his talent. And he's never suffered in that part. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we live in a society where we praise the wrong people, athletes. Not my hero, my dad, my mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you. But we praise athletes. Come on, man. Back in the day when, when the Romans were going on, guess what happened to athletes? They died. We live in a totally different society. <laughs> Tony, got to run, Tony. but great, Take great, uh, yeah, great take. I really appreciate it. Always do it with Tony. And again, happy, uh, happy birthday, Tony. Uh, Raider Corey texts and says, "Excuse me, but I'm livid with reading that disgusting and despicable story about Ja. With the season upon us, the timing of it is suspicious, and we have Ja's lack of judgment, his transgressions rehashed once again." Um, since I'm the Grizzlies brass, I would have a message on the Jumbotron supporting John on opening night. I don't like the timing of this. The season's about to start. That's why the story comes out now. Like the there's there's interest in the NBA. Yes, so but like I said, they, there's they, they a million other stories that are positive story. Stories. Yeah, but it's not, it's not really Wait, new. You know how society works. This story draws a lot more interest than some. Whatever. Nobody cares what day we can write the story about Damian Lillard in Milwaukee. What about it? He's in Milwaukee. Like I said, the, like, stories like, like this I said, are what people are interested in. Like I said, the guy's got more he's got new information. He did a good job in kind of condensing everything. And it looks when you see it all on paper in one story as opposed to just different stories that have come out we talk about on radio, it's a little bit more eye-opening. But I'm with Corey. I'm with Zach. I, I you know, it is a little curious the timing of everything. I don't think he's out to get him. But there's a lot of positive things that should be talked about with opening day right around the corner. This story can be rehashed at any time, at any time, because he's not going anywhere. He's suspended for the first 25 games. But he's doing his job. I'm not knocking McMahon. He did his job. He did it well. And it's caused a lot of people to comment on the situation. I mean, again, he's doing his job. But I'm with these guys as far as, you know, come on, man. Really? Right now? We, we kind of know what's going on with John Morant. We do in Memphis. We know all of these things. Around the country, people don't know all of this stuff. They know he's suspended for having a gun. They don't know all of what's happened. We I, know I, it because we follow it on a daily basis. I understand. I, I think it should be, I think the follow-up story should be, and Ja probably won't want to do this, is Ja opening up to McMahon or some other person about what 
is going on right now in his life as he prepares for what will hopefully be the triumphant return. That's the story, what he's doing, how he's taking responsibility, what he's doing for his body, what he's doing for his mind, as Tony talked about mentally. Um, so anyway, I think that's the next story that should be written and written soon. We need to take a timeout. When we come back, we're talking Major League Baseball playoffs with Kerry Miller. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Big day in baseball with both championship series in action. Phillies and Diamondbacks game three from Phoenix fills up to love. And the Astros and Rangers game four from Arlington with that series now 2-1 after Houston defeated Texas yesterday 8-5. And joining us once again as he does every week to talk Major League Baseball is our friend Kerry Miller who covers Major League Baseball for Bleacher Report. Hey, Kerry. Hey, Greg. How's it going? Going well. What is it with the Astros on the road? When I saw I them fall behind Texas 2-love in the series, and some people were writing them off, I go, no, first of all, it's the Astros. Never write them off. Number two, <laughs> they're really good at home, and we know what they did in Texas, in Arlington, at the end of the regular season. They destroyed the Rangers, and uh, they picked up where they left off last night. Yeah, they were a, a sub-500 team at home during the regular season, which is crazy because they won 90 games, but they were just... Like you're saying, so good on the road. I believe they went six and one in Arlington uh, during the regular season. Um, so yeah, even when they were down two nothing, I was like, "Yeah, they're it, it's not looking great." But I wouldn't throw in the towel just yet. Um, and you know, they obviously had an impressive win last night. Uh, you know, got to got to Mad Max early and often. Um, I mean, he looked looked okay, but not uh, not usual Scherzer. If no. they need him again, if it goes to a game seven, I'd be. A little terrified. Uh, I'm a Rangers <laughs> fan, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens today. If if Texas goes up three one, I don't know if Houston come, comes back from that. But if they can even the series here, that's a uh, whole new whole new ball game. Yeah, you mentioned uh, now seven and one with that win last night in Arlington. Is there any way to petition yeah. Major League Baseball to play the rest of the series in Arlington? If, they're, <laughs> if you're the Astros, you think they would accept that? <laughs> I forget where, where did they uh, where were all the playoffs held during the the pandemic? Some were, some were held there. Some were that was <laughs> some were held there. Yeah, that's. Uh, can we go back to that? Can we go back to that? We'll just permanently stay here. We are completely fine. It is bizarre. I mean, to think that a team that good would be as bad as they were at home. I, it just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're if they're actively worse at home to try and prove that they're not cheating anymore or what, what the deal is. But yeah, it's, it's really strange. And, and, you know, like, you know, for the Diamondbacks to still be hanging around, even though they had a negative run differential during the regular season. Um, I, I think the year that the Rockies made the World Series, they also had a negative run differential. So it's happened before, but, you know, definitely, uh, definitely bizarre for, you know, what we've seen happen. We were talking uh, during a break, Eli and I, and I said, I don't know what his career numbers are. I imagine they're pretty good. Maybe not at this point Hall of Fame worthy yet. But to me, Jose Altuve is a Hall of Famer. 
The guy for the last decade has come through, and especially in the postseason. That little guy can rake. He's always in the middle of everything. I know he's one of those guys, if he's on your team, you'll love him. If he's not, you hate him. What do you think about Altuve and his impact on Major League Baseball the last decade? Yeah, I think he's, I'm with you. He's probably a Hall of Famer. He's kind of in that same same vein as like a, a Joey Votto to me. Like enough all-star games, enough enough quality years, and certainly Altuve's got the postseason resume that, mm-hmm. uh, that right. Votto does not have. But yeah, he's been just, and for a guy who, when he first started out, right, it was the how many com where you can like measure the Eiffel Tower in Altuve. <laughs> like that was the joke early on. And now he's, he's just been this, this clutch hitter. And, you know, that, that was the big thing with the Astros coming into the playoffs is, you know, he was hurt for, missed like 70 games when he came back. Uh, Jordan Alvarez was hurt for a while. They didn't have Verlander until obviously the trade deadline. So it felt like they never were at their full potential until right when the postseason started. So they, they uh, got healthy at the right time, which is always what you, you preach, but it's hard to happen. Jordan Alvarez is a machine, man. That dude, yeah. he is just, it's unbelievable. He just rakes. And I, I, every time I watch it, like it, I always think, like, I don't know where you can possibly pitch the guy. No. I mean, the what was it, game two, where they were saying he was, like, throwing up before the game, and he goes out <laughs> yeah. there and crushes a home run <laughs> off of uh, off Chapman, and where started game two, I can't even remember, but just, he, he's unreal. And, and I don't know, I don't know why he hasn't uh, approached a, a 60 home run season yet. I guess he's just not, can't stay healthy enough to do it. He seems to miss, like, 30 games every year, but it's going to happen. And that contract situation is right up there with, uh, with the Braves getting, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. on like an eight year, hundred million dollar deal. It's just Mm -hmm. insanely team friendly. That's what the Astros are able to get with Alvarez. He's going to be just the, just the heart of that team moving forward. When, you know, after next season, Altuve and Bregman will both hit free agency. There'll be kind of a different squad finally. Um, but yeah, he's, He's incredible. What do you think of the pitching matchup today in Game Four? God, who do we even have? I don't, I don't think ahead enough. Uh, let me look at the schedule. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, if, what is it? Or Katie and Haney? That's yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and this is this is what you see with the ALCS, the NLCS, right? You can you can win the wild card round uh, with two pitchers. You can win the ALDS with two pitchers, but you got to be able to go deep. I mean, this is going to be. Certainly for Houston, you would think a bullpen game. Uh, maybe Arcady gives them like three innings, uh, and then they'll they'll move on to you know Abreu and Naris and Mayton and company. But Haney, this will be really interesting because he's he's one of the most intriguing. I was already looking ahead to the off season for uh, you know I think it was today. I had something published on what's going to happen with every single player club mutual option. Haney's got a thirteen million dollar player option. This could be something where he makes himself. You know, five million dollars on the open market if he pitches a gem tonight with everybody watching. Uh, if True. he's able to save their season, do you have that posted already on Bleacher? I, I think so. Okay, <laughs> check it out, folks. The um, speaking of, Christian Javier is a his postseason stuff is crazy. Like I don't that dude is like unhittable in the postseason. Yeah, and he was a big question mark coming into the postseason, right? He, he had like a, I think he had heated up a little bit in September, but he had like a four or five ERA. Like it was clearly Verlander and Valdez and then just big question marks for Houston. But then Javier came through. I mean, he he, he rechanneled his 
six no-hit inning stuff from last year's World yeah. Series uh, right when he needed to. And that's that, that's what you really, you know, that was kind of the big question coming into ALCS and NLCS. Everybody had two very clear, very good co-aces. It was just a question of whose third and fourth pitchers were going to show up. And obviously Javier did that last night for Houston. All right, National League, my Phillies are mashing the ball. They're getting early leads. They're getting great <laughs> pitching. Wheeler was terrific in game one, Nola in game two. And now they're going to put the Ranger out there for game three in Arizona. Does the Diamondbacks or do the Diamondbacks have anything left that they can come back in this series? I mean, they they could. Uh, I didn't. Even when they were down, or when Arizona was up, you know, 2 0 in the series against. Los Angeles. It was four to two in the ninth inning, and I'm just sitting there like, man, it's going to be interesting to see how Los Angeles comes back from this because I just don't <laughs> believe in Arizona at all. <laughs> but yeah, they've 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 really been impressive uh, with their backs against the wall. I mean, they they had that four home run inning against Lance Lynn, so they have the ability to slug with the Phillies. They just haven't shown it yet. Maybe that that happens for them uh, heading back home. But I mean, another another bullpen situation for that team with Brandon Fott uh, taking the mound today. I, I don't I, I don't think they can come back. I, I, I have severe doubts. Uh, the Phillies have just been so overpowering, um, but we'll see when they don't have the, uh, the strength of their home crowd behind them what they're able to do. It's not like they've had a lot of opportunities, but Arizona has been a little passive when we know Tori Lovello likes to run, likes to be aggressive, and now he comes out and says, well, we're going to be – aggressive from this point on did, did they miss their their chances to be aggressive in those first two games i don't know if it would have made a difference but they just weren't yeah i think it was the first inning of game one they got corbin carroll on and he just like stood there for exactly. like 17 pitches <laughs> never three even batters, right right yeah uh, it was that was very strange uh, and you see teams some teams will will tighten up and you know panic i think we saw that with uh with Tampa Bay, they were like trying to sacrifice Bunt and doing all this stuff uh, in the, the wild card round. And then you have the Phillies who are just like, now nah, we're just going to try and hit home runs and run like crazy when we do get on the bases. And that's, that's what you want to do. You want to be loose. You want to be having fun. And they've, uh, they've mastered that art for sure. And it, it helps when you jump out to a lead in basically every game. <laughs> you, you can have a little more fun when you're, when it seems like in the first inning of every game, you hit like three home runs. Yeah. And I, I feel like that was Arizona against Los Angeles, right? I mean, Quickly yeah. put up six runs on Kershaw and exactly, never looked yeah. back. Uh, so if they can, they can get hot early. Uh, I, I think the the team that scores first is something like twenty three and four in this postseason. I think Arizona has two of those wins because they came back against Milwaukee. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's all about the early innings because I mean across the the entire playoffs, just every bullpen still standing has been just so good. It's it's crazy, especially from Arizona and Texas who were kind of terrible in the bullpen during the regular season. I'll be curious to see how many Phillies fans end up in Arizona. <laughs> Seriously. They're, they're everywhere. They're, it's like Notre Dame football fans. No matter where they are, they'll, they'll show up. It's so, amazing. I'm sure they'll, they'll be available for sure. And, 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 we, and we continue to get destroyed by people. I mean, my, my buddy Dave Sampson, the, the former Marlins president, destroying <laughs> us. Come on, man. I'm, I mean, I've been a fan forever. I mean, I went through a lot of lean years with the Phillies. I never waver on my teams. They're my teams through thick and thin. And I think most fans are like that. Real good sports fans. You're loyal to your team. Hell, Eli was a Cubs fan forever. And, you know, finally they came <laughs> through. So, you know, those fair-weathered fans, 
bands. There's no room on the bandwagon for those guys. But look, I never count my chickens until they hatch. I never count uh, a win of a series until you get the four or, you know, depending on how many games you're playing, what type of series. But in a best of seven, you got to get four. They're halfway there and still a ways to go. So we'll see what happens as far as that's concerned. But of course, Kerry will have you covered as far as Major League Baseball with great stories at Bleacher Report. Make sure to read all his stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Karen's James. Always comes up with some fun facts and stats as far as the games are concerned. Should be a lot of fun, Kerry. Looking forward to having you back on next week. And uh, by that time, we'll, I guess, next Thursday, yeah, we'll know who the World Series participants will be because I think the World Series starts a week from tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the game one's Friday. And game six and seven, November 3rd and 4th. It just seems to keep getting later and later every year. But. <laughs> Thanksgiving World Series, man, down the road. <laughs> I know we're going to have it. Thank you, Kerry. Yep. All right, take care, guys. Appreciate it. November in Philadelphia could be could be could be a little rough. It could. The others the others are fine. Yeah, you're good in Texas. You're good in Arizona. Philadelphia is going to be um, going to be that. It could be a little chilly. Hit or miss because uh, that that's uh, November baseball. It's, could be. Luckily, it's not. If they ever get the Twins in the World Series and playing in November. That's the one that always scares me. <laughs> the fact that they've still I still can't believe they outdoor made it an outdoor stadium in Minnesota of all places. This side of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. They're at the corner of Quince and White Station. For the big green egg and all those accessories, you can head there. Of course, any DIY projects you've got around the house, you could take you can get those all the supplies that you need. Huge selection of Benjamin Moore paints and so much more. You'll find it at East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of Quince and White Station. We open up hour number two with the head football coach of the Memphis Tigers, Ryan Silverfield. He's next. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.